from the city that has always been the epicenter of music. The established, the current, and the risers of the true soul of Memphis. This is the Memphis Reverb. Say what you will. DJs are a special breed of people. And I got one of those special breeds of people sitting across from me right now. DJ Epic. We're going to talk about what does it take to even be a DJ? Can anybody do this thing? Um, We're also going to talk about uh, mashups and the differences between uh, DJs because there is a difference. It's not a catch all even though it's turned into a catch-all. And that's, anyway, we have a lot to unpack there, (laughs) you know. Uh, What does it take to put on a good gig? And more importantly, those people that you see on stage, there's a rhyme and reason for it. DJ Epic, he's not on the ones and twos, he's behind the mic, and he gets to talk next. Made in Memphis, this is the Memphis Reverb. You know, uh, this is going to be fun because you, like me, are are, are very behind the scenes, a lot of stuff. Um, we like to uh, be in our own space while everybody else is doing their thing. DJ Epic sitting across from me. We actually get to hear you speak other than how are y'all feeling tonight? Uh, make sure to tip your bartenders and bartenders. Oh, yes. Yeah. I get to speak longer than six words. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Hitting a post at the end of the. Yeah. So um, first of all, uh, let's start it here. How did you become DJ Epic at the end of the day? Like, why this? Yes. Yeah, so um, actually started in, when I was a freshman in college. Um, and a lot of people will start off with where I got the name from because, um, I actually used to be a graffiti artist. Really? Yeah. And, um, whenever you're painting graffiti, you couldn't paint your real name. You had to think of a name. Sure. And so I thought of Epic and I actually got arrested for it. And I was like, uh, it's like, I'm not getting paid for it. It's not worth it. So, uh, (laughs) peace out. Um, and just started doing, um, working with DJing and, and, and doing, um, stuff for, uh, campus ministry at yeah. university of memphis and uh we we're playing music before and after each meeting and me and my friend were like well we're djs yeah. and so through college i dj'd and i uh, got a degree but by the time i graduated i was able to do it full time huh uh, you know it's interesting because you started out in the art field i guess you can mm-hmm. say uh in the art realm and uh the the dj side of life in graffiti artists you know, now is almost synonymous. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of weird how that works. Did, do you notice a lot of times like that skill of being a graffiti artist? Because to me, uh, like Banksy's and stuff like that, like that to me is is truly uh, modern art. Mm-hmm. You know, like somebody slaps up a blank piece of canvas and they're like, it's art. And I'm <laughs> like, no, it's not. You just got lazy. You know yeah. what I mean? But like graffiti, you see it on trains and you see it on sides of buildings as giant murals and stuff like that they're gorgeous right yeah do you find that translating in the dj world a little bit i think the creativity part um i think the mentality and the personalities Mm. translate Hmm. um worth ethic translates to you know yeah um your artists aren't people that are going to want to work a nine to five right they're going to be want to be creative and do their own thing and be their own boss yeah yeah the world of dj is is kind of uh one of those things where though like you always have to stay uh, in that mentality, right? Mm-hmm. Where you know uh, you're, you're not the nine to five mm-hmm. DJ. You know you're you're the late night guy. You're the you know at the club guy. Does does that ever get old to you? Um, 
overall, no. I mean, there's some scenarios where I might book a smaller gig or something that's not as fun and creative, or I have someone over my back telling me what to do and what not to do on certain music. Mm -hmm. Those type nights they do, but no, long-term, it's the best job I could have. There, there's, there's many aspects to being a turntable DJ, not, not just like a radio personality, mm -hmm. right? There's, there's so many different avenues to go down. And I know we've got a lot of DJs listening right now that are like, okay, I want to explore wedding DJ, mm -hmm. right? Um, is there a difference with all those different Avenue DJs? Like, do you have to have a different mindset with that or? Yes. So I dabbled with radio, as you know. Yeah. And I feel like I suck at it. Um, and they, <laughs> Why? Why? Back uh, it up. Why? When you're in the club and you're in the energy, there's um, ambient noise, right. you know, and, right. and you could put me behind a mic in front of a thousand people and I'll rock it. Right. You put me in a little studio <laughs> with no one around. It's and, a broom closet, a little studio. It's a broom <laughs> closet. Yeah. And um, it's just like I need the energy around me mm. to make me feel like I'm doing the best I can do. Yeah. No, I feel that. I feel that. So that's the separation between club DJ and radio DJ, which I, I would actually go a step further, too, is because you're kind of handcuffed as a radio DJ. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to stay genre specific. You have to stay, you know, current. You know, you can't throw the gold in whenever you want. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't throw that. Hey, remember that song? Just yeah. whenever you feel like it. I remember getting in trouble on the radio because I would get in there and you probably know all about this is you'd see your lineup of songs sure. and I was changing it all around. I was like, I think it'll flow better if I change these songs to here and there. No, no, no. Oh, I, got, no. I got an email of Monday the next day. Yeah. <laughs> Programmers were a nightmare, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, there's a reason why those the songs are like that. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? And, and I'm sound like I'm schooling you. I'm not, but you as a DJ, oh, yeah, yeah, you had that mentality. You're like, wait a minute. That flows all wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, like this is not how, what I want to listen to in an hour. This is how I want to listen to it. And, I, and uh, I think you having that kind of, uh, we'll just say flow, you know, I, I think that's important, though. Maybe radio needs to have that. Mm -hmm. You know, it kind of makes me upset when I'm listening to a playlist on Spotify or something like that. Newsflash, that's still radio. <laughs> uh, and, and I like hit the brakes. You know, with tempo and stuff like that. Whereas DJs, you take that into consideration. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, okay. So difference between radio DJ and, and that DJ. Well, what about wedding DJs? So wedding DJs, to a lot of extent, is a lot harder because you have to please the five-year-old and the 85-year-old. Oh. And so you got to be clean cut. You got to. But yet you got to make the young adults happy too and not be too cheesy and, right. and old school. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, a, and it's, it's very stressful too on the front end. Mm -hmm. Similar to radio when there's like not, if you're doing a ceremony or if you're doing the beginning of the reception, it's really quiet and, and everyone's nervous. Right. And, right. Um, and it's like, what if I actually hit the wrong button and the song <laughs> might come in, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> there goes granny. <laughs> yeah. And then people, you know, maybe they drink a little bit later, they get a little bit looser and it's more laid back. Yeah. But on the front end, it's so stressful in those ways. How do you read that? Body language, energy. Mm. I, I'm not against the guy. I'm okay with taking requests, you know, and, and oh, yeah. to some extent, um, if you get a lot of them, that probably means you're doing a bad job. Ooh. But if you get a couple, then I feel like, okay, they're open to dancing. And if they're requesting, then they're probably going to 
vibe to those songs. You know, that's interesting. Let's ask the DJ about etiquette when it comes down to it. Um, when it comes down to um, go three, two, when it comes down to etiquette of you're in the club, I want to hear this song or more importantly, my date wants to hear this song. Like, because that's what it is, really. Uh, very rarely, yeah. right? Do you get the, I want to hear X, Y, Z, and that person really wants to hear it. It's more like, here, go yeah. tell the DJ to play it. Right. What is that etiquette? Is there an etiquette to it? Um, so I'm probably a lot more laid back than most guys. Yeah. As long as you come with me with a good attitude, mm. um, and I'm probably going to play it unless it's just a terrible request. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'll do is I'll say to everyone, yeah, 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 I got you, I got you. Yeah. And then typically they don't come back, but if they do come back, I'll say, okay, yeah, yeah I promise you, I got you. But the third time I'll just be like, Hey, I'm not playing. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> but, um, most of the time I play the, play most of the music and I'm okay with the request. So sometimes I do a bunch of different colleges sure. and, and when I go to old miss. Yeah. They know, they know music. Yeah. And so I'm from old miss. So, so yeah. Yeah. I'll go to Alabama and they'll just be like, whatever top 40 is, they'll love it. But down at Ole Miss, they want Drake's new album, but secret track 13 <laughs> off the black side, like obscurity, underground. Like, bro, like, what? <laughs> like I'm like, I, this is not on any charts. Like, right. And I'll play it and they'll love it. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. So, um, yeah. but I'm pretty open and I'm, and, and when I go to Ole Miss, I find new music or if I go to other places when they request it, I'm yeah. like, okay, okay. And you're talking about earlier, like, how do you stay current? Yeah. And that's why like I'm open to taking what, what people are interested in, yeah. Do you look at those DJs who don't and are like, dude, you're missing the boat or you know now if you're if you're a big producer and you're and you're doing a headlining show mm -hmm. and you're that you're performing, that's your thing. Right. I think in the club world, you have to have a balance between playing what you think they want to play and then being a nice genuine guy. Yeah, because if you play what you think they want to hear, and you might do a great job, but if you're an asshole, <laughs> can I yeah. say that? You yeah. know, if you're an asshole, then they don't care what how good of DJ you are. All they're going to remember is that guy's an asshole. What's the difference then being a club DJ and then being a DJ like at a concert? Yeah, so is there a difference at that point? So for me, like when I do my bigger colleges, mm -hmm. um, the fraternities will hire me and they'll be like big band party or big DJ party this night, DJ Epic's headlining, you know? Right. And so typically I'm up on stage and I'll have like an hour and a half to program a set. Mm. When in a club, you're there three or four hours, yeah. you're closer to the crowd, they're more closer to you. One you like better than the other? Yeah. Which one? I like a performance. <laughs> yeah, I like to be up there. Um, but then again, I still like energy close by. So when I'm at Tin Roof, up in the booth, um, I have a lot of friends that come around and, and if I'm too far away from the crowd, I don't feel the energy, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and feedback on me. I enjoy that too. So when you're in the Kaisai house and like up in the third floor and you're like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess you're rocking down there, but I'm hoping <laughs> all I see is the pool and it looks cool from here, but yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I feel that. Um, okay. So we, we got that out of the way, but let's, let's narrow that scope down yeah. even further because you're a dad, right? Yes. And I don't think that's off the table, right? Okay. So you're a dad now, and when you're 
little ones are coming up, are, are you then more apt to say, hey, by the way, uh, don't listen or, or try to rope them into maybe playing music as opposed to being a DJ or, or you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Um, so my my kids are still really young, um, but I'll probably be Have you even thought about that. Yet? No, but I probably would be a similar parent to my dad, my parents mm-hmm. being that they were kind of open to whatever I wanted to do. Um, if I wanted to be an artist, if I wanted to play sports, they were okay with whichever direction I want to go. And they supported that. So, That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I started thinking about that. Cause now my oldest is starting to like, like his own music, Yeah, you know? And, uh, it's weird. It's a weird feeling. Cause like I, in the back of my mind, I was always like, well, whatever, he's going to like what he's like, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that's cool. I like that. But now I feel, find myself going, that's not really, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, I start correcting myself where I'm like, that's garb. It's what you like. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> growing up, my, it's dumb. growing up, my dad would always listen to this old school classic music and I would right. be so annoyed, like in the car riding. Right. Yeah. And I probably wasn't really, really into music until I was like 18, 19. <laughs> and then I was like, started DJing. And then after a couple of years of that, I just started realizing like, the impact that music has on people. And, and now it's like, you know, my living is through music, yeah. but, um, it was funny how I wasn't always super into yeah. music. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, listen, now you're a nerd. Yeah. So congratulations. <laughs> You've hit the status. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny because, uh, I think pe- the more deeper you get into it and we've talked about this on the show is the deeper you get into it, like the weirder appreciation you have for it. And, and the weirder, like, uh, absorption rate that you get from it, where the newer music out, you start, you tend to feel like, wait a minute, we've been there, done that. Do you feel that with the, being a DJ, like the newer music coming out, like, wait a minute, I've already mixed this song. I already know this song. Why am I mixing it again? Or now I can use this in a different way. Like, what's that mindset? Um, well, some of the things that get redone, I think it validates some of the older music, how good it was. Mm. Now, some of the music that come out now is kind of not, not, I don't know. It's not good. (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) Um, But it's tough, right? Sometimes the labels just force them to put out stuff that I think, you know, who's the easiest artist to mix. Um, Is there an easy artist to mix? Newer ones. Um, We were just talking about little Nas X stuff. Yeah. He's yeah. crazy on outside music, but yeah. his music's fun to mix. Um, you know, Drake will take an old sample yeah. and then redo it. Like and, a Casio keyboard sample yeah. and turn it into a number one song like Hotline Bling. Yeah. 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 And even, I hate to let you know that. Like, that's an old school Casio preset. Mm-hmm. Like that that little beat there. And, and it killed us because, you know... Uh, and then even his newest one, the sexy one, you know, yeah, it's, it's I, an older sample too. And it's so funny. It's like, this song came out, I'm like, this song came out like 15 years ago. And there are people like, not what? You know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Does it make you feel old? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> like I die a little bit inside. I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's, oh no, it's, it's not, it's new. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, and I think, um, what's her name? Olivia just got in trouble. Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, that's, and that's the other thing. It's, we as DJs sit back and say, yes, we know that sample, you know, because we hear it. That's the way our brains work, you know? And in fact, um, uh, DJ crumbs and I used to sit there and every new song came out. We used to just pick it apart within the listening session that day. And we're like, Oh yeah, that's that song. And the man, the record reps used to hate us. <laughs> they used to hate us. They were like, 
it's not that sample. And sure enough, two months later, it comes out. That's the sample they used. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but yeah, knowing that, knowing where the sample came from, does that like then open a wide open door so that when you do get those requests, you're like, I got you. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, (laughs) I was playing Juju on the beat one time. Oh yeah. Actually I was playing Nuggety Buck the original okay. yeah and the girl comes up to me she's like why are you playing a remix of juju on the beat oh yeah and i was just like what you don't know what this song is <laughs> <laughs> it makes you feel special it makes you feel good you know uh you've got uh original mashups that you do and is there a um is there a trick to doing mashups like really well you know you, you yeah those mashups yeah and i never feel like i get them perfect because like an artist it does a painting, right? Right. And an artist always sees their mistakes, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, I have some mashups I'm going to give you. Yeah. Um, but I like to really take similar styles that DJ AM. Yeah. Do you remember him? Yeah, right. Um, uh, where you might have a hip hop beat, but like a classic rock song yeah. or like a country song, you know, mashed together. Yeah. Well, that's a thing now, you know, that's like a genre. Mm-hmm. I, and I hate bringing these guys up because, whatever but uh you know florida georgia line Mm -hmm. you know comes out and they just were like you know what we're just gonna make music like this Mm -hmm. you know um it's back when aerosmith did with run dmc right and that was like the first one where everybody was like huh Mm -hmm. it can work you know um so mashups though are a different beast and yet one in the same how how does that come about like you're just like listening to the song and you're like you know what this song needs XYZ. Like, how does that even um, happen? Yeah. So I match a lot through BPMs and then sometimes I'll throw two songs together and I'm like, wait a minute, that flowed pretty good. So then I'll dive deeper into it huh. or I'll take wordplay and take a word and then loop a word over, manipulate it into the next word, which is actually the same word and you're in a different song. Huh. So there's two different ways to do that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's Greek to me, man. <laughs> I, see, that's the one thing like I could never do was be a DJ because I'm at, I'm matching not just BPM or you know on the beats I'm matching two fours and then I'm matching chord progressions and I'm matching I got oh I thought way too you know into it you mm-hmm. know and I'm like wait a minute that's yeah. a G that needs to go to the C chord yeah. and and there is a happy medium too between mashing up perfectly and, and doing everything exact and then also just playing with the bangers what they want to hear yeah right you know so there's a compromise there yeah and you have to decide are you too far into it or I'm way too far <laughs> I was I was a terrible DJ I, I will be straight up honest with you like I could do it I got it like I understand it but I'm just not good at it you know like I could play the music if you wanted to like sit me down and I'll play it for you sure but I can't you know mix um, it together there's a DJ out of Vegas DJ Vice he's a big time DJ and he's probably been doing it for 15 years um but he was known as the big party DJ. So right. you go to the Vegas club, you could buy a VIP or you could pay extra and be in the DJ booth with him. And was his, it was a party there. And wow. that, that was a lot of fun. Well, then he hit a spot where he's like, man, I, I've been drinking too much. So mm. he took a year off, year and a half off from drinking. Yeah. And the party atmosphere, not that you have to drink while you DJing, sure. but the party atmosphere in his booth changed and he lost gigs. Because he was known for people would come out and see him because it was always a constant party vibe. Yeah. And he got too focused on this and not uh, on the atmosphere and, and just creating good energy. Yeah. Hmm. That's another thing. 
It's got a vibe with everything too. Jeez, that's a lot of work. <laughs> like, I'm not even gonna lie; it's a lot of work. Um, speaking of a lot of work, uh, and I think uh, let's go ahead and do this speculation: Marshmallow and DJs who uh, use the monikers and stuff like that. You don't know who they are. They they don't have a face, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which, by the way, DJ Mar- and Marshmallow is Kane Brown, right? Mm-hmm. We we know. Yeah, yeah. at this point. Um, <laughs> I always laugh every time. So he wears white, white all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's Kane Brown. I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. They're always in like somebody else's song, and they're but they're never seen in the same place twice. No. <laughs> anyway, like there's only one Olsen. Mm-hmm. Just oh, yeah. and Ashley, they just move really fast. I'm stealing that one from uh, 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 what is his name? That's right. John Oliver. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, but that marshmallow thing, Kane Brown. I really do think it's the same guy because to me. Marshmallow has that uh, musician's ear Mm -hmm. where he hears it, understands it, rewrites it, the song, and comes out with that, you know? And I guess that's a different style of DJ, right? Yeah. Um, Those are producers, you know, um, when they're producing their original stuff. Yeah. Um, I think Marshmallow just takes ghost producing now. He might have started out with his originals, but (laughs) most of those big-time guys, they don't do anything anymore. You mean Kane Brown? Because <laughs> no, he's busy, he's on tour. Mm-hmm. It's hard to. Well, and what he, I don't know if they do this, but it's set up where if he could be DJing under a different name with his normal face, yeah, um, at a same festival, yeah, and then two hours later he could be Marshmallow headlining it, right? And no one knows. No one knows. Yeah. No one knows. Or he could be at home on vacation. And then send someone else up. Sure. And it's suit. Because yeah. it's, it's just a helmet, mm-hmm. you know? And and in, when and here's what I, uh, a lot of DJs take a lot of crap for this, is whenever you're doing those stage DJ gigs and stuff like that, it's all pre-programmed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I ran, New Daisy was running through Disco Donnie DJs for about two years. Yeah. And I was able to do the booking on all that. And... I would say when we brought in some bigger producers, they weren't marshmallow size, but they were B list. You know, they're pretty good. Um, 80% of the time is pre-programmed, but about 20% of them would do it on the fly. So when they're turning knobs and stuff like that, they're not doing anything. No. Now they might be doing a little bit of effects and stuff, Mm -hmm. but it's all pre-mixed. Yeah. And when you get into the big festival stages, your lights and your show and your pyro and cryo all goes together. Yeah. So in a way it has to be, it has to be perfect. Perfect. Yeah. 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 So everybody lay off a of DJ Khaled. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, he's another one. Yeah. Right? Well, and he'll just throw 15 artists on an album and just sit back and just intro every song and then make billions and it calls it his album. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not even his song yeah. at this point. Uh, we got DJ Epic in, and uh, there's a lot to the DJ world, which is why when uh, you were like, hey, I want to come on. I'm like, yeah, we need to talk. We actually need a DJ in because I think a lot of times artists, singer songwriters, those type of artists will sit there and look at the DJ and go, whatever, man. No. Yeah. But and it's a true art. Yeah. Well, I don't want to show much respect to all your other people you've had on here. You have some great musicians on here. Um, well, sure. Not taking anything away from anybody, but also give credit where it's due. 
right? Well, I appreciate it. And and because it, it, it truly is an art form. And as the marijuana burn, we can take our turn singing them dirty rap songs. Stop and hit the ball like Cheech and Chong. It still takes from here to Hong Kong. I'm different, yeah, I'm different. I'm different, yeah, I'm different. I'm different, yeah, I'm different. Pull up to the scene with my cylinder missing. Pull up to the scene with my cylinder missing. Pull up to the scene with my cylinder missing. Pull up to the scene with my cylinder missing. Middle finger up to my competition. I'm different, yeah, I'm different. 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 can't do that i understand it i get it whatever i've got tables you're looking at tables right there right they're collecting dust now and there's a reason for that Mm -hmm. you know because it is a true different mindset it's a different rhythm that you have to uh, get into and and a different philosophy that you have to to kind of go into and i think you know we kind of covered like the different DJ aspects, whether it was wedding DJ or anything like that. To me, if you're asking what's the hardest, I think it would have to be wedding DJ. Mm-hmm. Just because you got to appease, going back to what you said, the five-year-old all the way up to the 85-year-old. And God forbid, grandma doesn't like, uh, you know, doing the two-step. Mm-hmm. You know, that would suck. Yeah. And typically, your my weddings will pay a little bit more. Um, but sometimes I would just rather be at ten roof yeah. and um, knowing be a lot more less stress on me. I can just, yeah, yeah, man, you don't have to wear a suit either. (laughs) There's that. Uh, that being said, a a lot of people feel that I can be my own DJ, right? Mm -hmm. What's the pitfall in that? Or I can find the cheap DJ. Um, I think what makes a good DJ is someone that's been doing it experience for a long time and has a big bank of music, not only on their computer, but in their head. Mm -hmm. So when you're on, when you're in the, in it, Maybe a new DJ might have all the music, but he don't know where that is. He doesn't know exactly what to play next. Right. And it might be a good song, but it might kill the vibe. Mm. You know, it's interesting uh, when you start thinking about it, because a lot of times, and I I knew this, like when I was, uh, you know, an on-air personality, a lot of people would call in to request a song and they go, you know, the one that goes, and you're like, "Yeah." yeah, and you're like, what are you talking about? But you as a DJ get that a lot too, right? Mm-hmm. You're, yeah. you're like, play me the song that does, you know, like the, the thing that's on the commercial. Yeah. <laughs> do you get that a lot? And, and, and more importantly, do you ever get that one right? Um, I say 50, 50, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's I'm tough. Trying to think back of some scenarios. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always at the club. You can't hear what they're saying mm-hmm. anyway. And you're like, uh huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, and then the newest way to request is they'll type it on their phone and they won't come talk to you, but they'll stick their phone up because your phone screens are so big. Oh. So then. Life hack. Yeah. Which is great, but you get no tips off that. Oh, that's the other yeah. thing I want to talk to you about. Uh, going back to the, to the, uh, kind of how to Mm -hmm. and the requests and stuff. Do you tip? Do I get take tips? Or do you have to, or should Um, you? 
You would think so, yeah, right? Yeah, and I'm not. I'm thinking about it because not every time. Like so, like if someone comes up, hey, we play No Hands with Roscoe Dash. I'm like, obviously, in the later in the night, I'm gonna play that. Right. Or if it's a top ten song, I'll probably play that throughout the night. Um, but if it's creative or if it's something special for someone's birthday and it's not normal, yeah, there's no way I'm playing without a tip. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So, so the yeah, I got you turned into a yeah, uh, yeah. But I'm not gonna ask for a tip. No, 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 no. Yeah, That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, yeah. what is the you know what? Where, what are we? If they keep do? asking, keep asking. I'm like, like, come on. Like, I'm not normally gonna play this, but if you want me to play it, you have to. Yeah, come on. Give me. You know. Yeah, or I'll tell my friend to say it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mentioned a lot of people in the DJ booth. What's your preference? Is there is there a better should we have people in the dj booth with us or you know what's what's that flow like if you can handle it um i think you always risk people damaging the gear and stuff uh-huh. um but, but what I, do you mean if you can handle it what, what does that mean um so i like i appreciate the energy and yeah. overall if there's not too crowded if there's just a, you know four or five people i can still do my job right and not be distracted okay i know some people that that's just too too stressful for them. Yeah. So it affects them and it hurts their chance. Have you? Uh, what, what was the kick the everybody out of the booth situation? Have you ever had one of those? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'll typically um, ha- ask someone else to handle that. Yeah. Because once again, you don't want to come off as an asshole, right? You know, and does it matter if they're totally out of line in their eyes? Yeah. Like this DJ's asshole is kicking me out. You know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of those things. I think even as a radio personality, like we got to that point where you're up in the booth, you're doing a club gig, and then all of a sudden you're like, "How are there thirty people up here? Mm-hmm. It's barely big enough for us, mm-hmm. you know." And uh, you got to kind of find that, you, you know. And being in radio and being around other musicians, and I don't know, I assume you've figured this out. Like sometimes you come across these big time artists, and they're just having a bad day. Yeah, and um. But you might leave or a fan might leave that interaction yeah. thinking that dude's a jerk for the rest of your life. Right. And it's like he could have just been in a bad mood that, for that 10 minutes or that, yeah. that 30 minutes. B.O.B. for me. <laughs> like, yeah. He was having a bad day, man. And B.O.B. is the coolest dude yeah. ever. But I've done a show with him. Yeah. Really cool dude. Um, now his manager sucks. But, uh, you know, really cool dude. You know. Does he still think the world's flat? Oh, I don't know. I think he thinks that now. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> you know, because we just had, you know, real people in space. So. <laughs> Maybe he should talk to Oh, somebody. I heard the thing where, like, you listen to these podcasts or these satellite radio shows where they're talking about how the world's flat, but it's through a satellite. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, like, it doesn't make sense. Like, that inherently doesn't make sense. You just... Whatever. Anyway. Yes, believe in science. It's real, okay? Yeah. Anyway. Um, playing shows now in the we'll just say pandemic era has it changed and have you noticed like people changed when it comes down to it um because you've done shows since we've opened back up yeah i think the the shows and the parties are hitting harder right now Ooh, yeah um like people are on a mission kind of partying or like, Hey, we haven't done this in 18 Yeah, months. We haven't done this. We're going to go extra hard. Dang. I know whenever we were, the bars were only open till like 10 o'clock. Right. We still changed the mentality and people started coming out of seven and then we moved it back to midnight and they were still coming out of seven. And then we moved it back to normal hours. 
And people were like, well, we got to get there early or we're not going to get in, not thinking, oh, it's going all night. Yeah. And so the bars during COVID weren't making any money. And then right. they started making maybe 25% what they normally make. Well, then when we were wide open, they were making 200% because you were packed at seven, worried about people not getting in. And then yeah. you had your constant crowd the whole night. See, that's, I, I was in the seven o'clock crowd anyway, because mm-hmm. I was always, I'm, I'm the old man. And I'm like, oh, we should get out there because <laughs> we want to find a good spot. <laughs> and then Matlock comes on at 1030. So we really need to be on. But yeah, no, uh, I've always been out like that early bird. Uh, is there a difference between the crowd then the seven P crowd to the two A crowd or, you know, which, which crowd source is better? Well, when it comes to 10 roof and uh, bill street, um, typically we get our older slash tourist crowd mm-hmm. that'll come out earlier. Yeah. And then by midnight or one, they're out the door and your, and your local regulars come out because Memphis, you know, bill street goes to 5am. Right. So all of our locals don't come out till midnight or one. And then these people from, other cities come in and they typically their bars close at two usually. Right. right. And so they'll come out a lot early. Unless you talk about the Oxford crowd and they close at midnight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they come over a lot too. And they'll show up around like nine right now. It's like, so if they come at nine, it might be slower. Yeah. This is just right when it first opened and they'll come around and be like, where's everybody at? I'm like, hmm. Just wait till midnight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, DJ Epic is in here right now. We're talking about DJing. It is a very much a, a, art form that I think you need to explore if you, if you haven't yet, uh, do you think getting into the game now is harder or is it maybe easier, easier, um, easier because I I DJed for three years and I don't, I don't think anyone really taught me. Mm. And at that time there were some YouTube tutorials, but there really wasn't that much. You had to teach yourself for the first three years. I sucked. And, um, but I was able, for some reason, senses gave me gigs, but I was terrible. Um, senses, I think, just like the warm bodies. Yeah. 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 Um, senses yeah. gave me a gig. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I'm not downplaying what you could do no. by any stretch, but yeah, senses was like one of those clubs where it was like, hmm, I, I think I want to try this. I'll go to senses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but so now there's so much stuff out there. And actually, there's more people that will teach you. I, I could probably teach someone in three months what I've learned over 14 years. Yeah. Um, but you don't fear that that person teaching that person to do that might take your gig or something like that. I mean, there's always that in the back yeah. of your mind, right? Yes. That definitely, that happens because it's very competitive too. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And so if I teach someone that can do everything I can do, but they'll work for half the price. Why would the bar owner not book them? Right. Know? Right. So it's important to create a brand, yeah. you know, so not just a DJ that's going to come in and, and play the bangers and play what they want to hear, but people want to see a face and a brand, you know? Yeah. You know, the, the thing is, is and I used to get asked that a lot in radio because as soon as you teach everybody what there is to do in radio, which by the way, trained monkeys can do this job uh, is what's funny is, I never feared that because I always felt like if I keep learning or if I keep changing or if I keep evolving my craft, there's no way they're going to let me go because quite honestly, I can do something that they can't Mm -hmm. because I'm still learning it, you know? Uh, And if somebody beats me to that punch, then of course they deserve the job because I stopped learning. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, You know, we we talked about the young guns coming in and, and things like that. Do you notice difference between the younger gen DJs and us who've been doing it for a while 
maybe they haven't won it because of like TikTok and, and social media. Like, has that changed the game at all as far as DJs? Yeah, I think social media, TikTok in general, um, has. It's easier for them to get their name out there. It's easier for them to look like they're legit. Um, yeah. To look like they're on similar levels as some of the other DJs been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's definitely easier in that aspect for them. Um, it's not cheap, though. No, no. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not, but I could see DJs buying the cheaper controller. Yeah. And then still getting gigs. But if because a bar manager or bar owner doesn't under doesn't have his ear as a DJ, you right. know, like I could walk in there and be like, oh, man, that guy's playing with some crappy gear. Right. But the average person can't hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think we can inherently, though. Like, I don't want to I don't want to, like, tell you wrong, but mm-hmm. I think if we actually gave a crap, you know, uh and the reason why I say, I think I think most of us, especially here, I think we can because that tinny sound, like you you know what that is, right? Mm-hmm. It's just crap. Yeah. But that thick, beefy sound, that's what we're after, mm-hmm. right? Uh, do you notice more people are more hypercritical of things happening right now because they've been inside for 18 months or are they just like, whatever, it's here, thank God? Like hypercritical about people around? Yeah, or or just like, oh, what what are you playing, or, or you know, play my song. I want to hear this, or you know what I mean. Like, are, are they more hypercritical than than usual, or? Um, and maybe it's because I play. You know, I've been playing for so long, so a lot of people just kind of know what I'm going to play. Like, and I don't get that too much. Um, I could see like an upcoming DJ that's still kind of learning. Yeah. Um, or you know. When I'm not at Tinder, sometimes I'll put in some good DJs from out of town. Yeah. And they're really good DJs. Um, but because they don't play similar style to me, people will text me and be like, man, this guy's terrible. Guy yeah. I'm like, yeah. no, he's actually pretty good. He just doesn't play the exact same music I play, you know? Right. Or he's more house or more, yeah, yeah more techno driven. Yeah. Or, you know, because they're, they're, okay, they're, they're in lines another question. House and techno and, and all these other different avenues. Um, what, what's your preference and why? It depends on the the party atmosphere. Um, the Can club. you switch in between like that? Like, is is that a thing where guys aren't like handcuffed? Yeah, I switch all the time. So back to the DJ AM style. So I do the Peabody rooftops too. Yeah, and I love those because they'll give me some headlining shows, and that's kind of similar to a wedding. Whenever there's a variety of ages, right? Um, there's not five year olds, but there's eight. There's twenty one year olds, and then there's the sixty five. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so. I'll start off with like old school, like Whitney Houston or um, Earth, Wind and Fire. Kind yeah, of stuff, yeah, but remix it into a house beat and uh-huh. then come out with Little John yelling shot, shot, shots, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> do you remember shot, 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 yeah. shot? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm feeling that. But um, talk about mashup. Yeah. And it goes over really well with the Peabody and or that or my uh, big college performance shows, because when they're hiring me to like perform, they don't want to hear the club DJ. Yeah. But they still want to party. Yeah. So you have to give them something different and creative, mm-hmm. but keep, you know, the energy and the bangers out there. He is DJ Epic. You can go look him up and, and everything like that. We're going to get to the plugs. We're also going to get to a DJ's look at the top five list, because this has got to be interesting, right? Like I'm, 
I'm, in, I'm intrigued of what happens next. Uh, DJ Epic gives us a top five and gives you more plugs next. Hang on. This is the Memphis Reverb. From pitch to the center circle studio, Tim Van Horn goes studs up into the soccer world where no one is safe. Check out the latest episodes at my3subspodcast.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Sending vibes for generations. This is the Memphis Reverb. It's the most random of the year. It's my favorite one, though. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I I do love the top five list. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a reason, because we get to deeper dive into you. It's, just, it's interesting. So here we go. The DJ Epic top five right now. We're counting them down. Countdown. Now, this is pretty eclectic, I would say, because you have uh, originals, you have mashups, you have a whole litany of stuff. So let's go ahead and dive right in to a little Mac Miller. Mm-hmm. The spins in at number five. Most dope Miller at five. I like it. Don't get me wrong. This is one of the only non-remixes or mashups I have on my list. Um, But it's a fun, popular party song. It is. And that kind of, this vibe of this song describes the majority of my parties that I do. Mm. Um, So it's like uh, the soundtrack to you. Yeah. Huh. Maybe not necessarily the words, but the vibe. Yeah. You know? <laughs> don't get it. I don't get in trouble here. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> hey, man, you know, do you do you? If it's it okay. needed to jam out to a song of what Epic probably would play at a frat party, this would be this it. This would be yeah. it. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. Like, it is It is a vibe, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, let's move on uh, because I am excited about this. Number four, uh, primarily because uh, when I was in performing band I, I i would i would play this song but it's not the same it's it's mr Brightside. don't get too excited because it's not the killers it is the mashup uh simo thief mashup yes interesting here we go It's mm-hmm. there, but it's not. It's- so, yeah, we speed it up a little bit on this one. Yeah. Um, um, the hook's still there. Yeah. So, wow. If you ask someone what's the song that Epic's probably going to play, they're going to say Mr. Brightside. Yeah. And so, if you notice the big EDM drop there with Thieves, that kind of like brings you back into new EDM vibes. Yeah. Know? Yeah. You know, it's something funny that happens. I I love the killers. Right. Mm -hmm. But then you hear the mashup and it makes you like it a different way. You know, it kind of revitalizes. And maybe that's a new thing now. And and the remixes to this song, I think, really brought um, the killers back to festivals recently. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Um, And well, okay. That being said, I've noticed that Ed Sheeran, you know, his new album, he's already got remixes out. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a thing. Like. 
people started saying, why is there already a remix? Well, because, yeah. The labels send them off to producers and, and let them have the bones of it and yeah. remix it and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Billie Eilish did that, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, in at number three, we're halfway through this thing already. Um, uh, another one where White Stripes, great song. <laughs> Uh, turns out they're married. They're not brother and sister. Uh, Seven Nation Army, but the DeVille remix in at number three. find out that they weren't brother and sister that they were actually married the yeah, I mean, yeah it's kind of weird right yeah it's definitely weird I'm like why brother and sister like why not come up with a different line <laughs> yeah you know like come on jack white yeah that was weird right mm-hmm. you know like people saw you together man this is weird mm-hmm. yeah so what's great about this one i play this it's like probably 100 percent of the people i'm playing to were not even born when the song came out. Don't say that. It's <laughs> <laughs> my soul. <laughs> but they all know every word to it. Yeah, you right, know, they know, right. They know how to just jump up and down and just sing every word. Yeah, it's it's fun. Well, and I think too, uh, a lot of stadiums play Seven Nation Army. Yeah. You know, yeah. to to help hype. Uh, let's go to number two. No electric love, and you're gonna have to help me with this one. The uh, Jalen. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Wow, look at me. Jay Lynn. Jay Lynn mashup. So, um, I was digging one time for good music and that's one thing DJs, good DJs can just dig real hard to find the right mashups and remixes. And I came across this one and it was just so, so you got the Wiz Khalifa there, you got the hip hop, but then you got the sing along of that, uh, that classic song right there. Yeah. But no, I, I I dig it. You know, it's cool. Again, it it just revitalizes, I think of careers, Mm -hmm. you know, going back to the killers and all the way back at number four. Uh, but number one, uh, this one is you're like your coup de gras, if you will, man. This is this one is totally you. It's Runaway versus the Million Voices. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it, man. Like, that's that's pretty tight. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, this is one I will play towards the end of the night. Once I've gotten everyone's respect and they're emotionally in, invested into this party, right? Yeah. And and you're just feeling the vibes. I'll drop this and the lights go down and then they slowly build up. And you're like, wait a minute, what's that coming in? Oh, and then it just goes from zero to, like, 110%. Yeah. Everyone just going crazy right there at the drop. Yeah, man. Oh, I love it. 
That's good stuff. That's good stuff. And you can't tell me that those aren't musicians like putting that stuff together. Yeah. yeah there's no way you can tell me that. Anyway, uh, if we want to come experience DJ Epic, where can we do that? So typically I'm the residency. Well, I am the resident DJ at Ten Roof on Friday and Saturdays. That's awesome. Um, I'm, I do Thursday nights at the Bluff. Okay. Um, now during this football season we're currently in, I do a lot of college stuff. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if um, I'm supposed to announce this, <laughs> but if you have New Year's Eve plans yet, ah. I just got booked, just contracted. We'll be back at the Peabody this. Very cool, man. Ah. Oh. There's nothing like a New Year's at Peabody. No, it's, it's the best place in the city. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Are you going to be on the roof or are you going to be uh, in ballroom? They do the ballroom. Ballroom, yeah. Um, it can hold a lot more. Yeah. So they'll sell 2,000 tickets. I'm, wow. One year, I think we were on the roof and yeah. it was colder than the uh, there, man. It's a. Uh, I wish they'd make like a last minute decision. If it, if it was nice, we could yeah. jump up there. Man. Uh, anyway, uh, so there you go. New Year's plans made already. It's it's only October, but here you are making New Year's plans. Uh, and and go see DJ Epic. You are really really good live. I highly recommend it. I uh, wouldn't have you on the show if, if I didn't think you were down. Well, I appreciate so. it. I love what you're doing. By the way, I haven't oh, complimented you. what you're doing with this podcast or anything. Yeah. But you're it's, killing it's it. It's fun, right? It's great. Yeah, Memphis musicians. Maybe somebody you heard of. Maybe you haven't yet. Like, uh, there's a lot of people who comment like all the time. Like, oh. You know, that with bravado, I get a lot of with bravado. Oh, there's so many musicians in Memphis. Right? You know, Nashville, you know, they're they're up there, right? But yeah. Like, but Memphis has, I think the real musicians are here, you know? So, I said the same thing. I said, you know what? If you want to talk about a city that has working class musicians who yeah. understand, and here's the other thing too, and, and we joked about this with uh, Rod Bland, right? Is you could play at a club, right? A, a musician could play at a club. And you get critiqued from the audience, like you know, that was good, but and and, <laughs> and it sucked because it's just a gut punch where you're like, hey, your horn player's off. Thanks, pal. Like you want to come up and do it better, but don't say that here because they can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sucks, man. But it's so great because mm-hmm. when you get complimented, like, man, that was a good set. You're like, <laughs> darn right, it was mm-hmm. a good set. Anyway, uh, DJ Epic, thank you so much for coming in, buddy. Uh, go see him live. Where can we go see uh, all your updates? You're on social media. Yeah, so I put most of my stuff on Instagram. Yeah, at DJ Epic, and I'm pretty good about following you back. So if you yeah. follow me, I'll try to follow you back. Instagram is great, isn't it? Yes, I like it so much better than all of them. <laughs> like my whole family is on Facebook. So I know. You, know. I, you have to keep Facebook up. I, I link my uh, Facebook and, and Instagram a lot, but um, yeah, Facebook has just gotten so cesspooly mm-hmm. where I'm like, I don't care what you think, Karen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can call me a whatever you want, sheep or whatever. I don't, I don't understand that. But anyway, that's for a different topic, a different day, a different show. DJ Epic, thank you for coming in. He is at DJ Epic. And uh, man, it's, it's going to be fun. The Memphis Labor Podcast, hosted by Brody Scott. Recorded, produced, and edited by Brody Scott. Like and follow us on your favorite social media at Memphis Reverb. If you'd like to be featured on the show, just email us at memphisreverb at gmail.com. Find more episodes by searching Memphis Reverb. This is a Brody Scott production. Daddy, daddy. <laughs>